Hey, it's Aminatu and Anne. This week, we are sharing with you some excerpts from our recent live show in Washington, D.C. It is a super newsy and political chat in vintage CYG conversational fashion. We love a vintage CYG. (laughs) Vintage CYG moment. (laughs) Well, one note before we start. The show definitely happened uh, before you're listening to it. And we talk about California Congresswoman Katie Hill. In uh, the less than week since we recorded this episode, she has resigned from Congress. We'll get into that complicated story in just a few minutes. Uh, But for now, grab some Skittles and pretend you are hanging out with us live. And thanks to everyone who came out to see us IRL this year in Austin, Denver, Toronto, Detroit, and D.C. Hope to see you again on the road next year. (laughs) Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend. A podcast for long-distance besties everywhere and here in Washington, D.C. I'm Aminatu So. And I'm Ann Friedman. And on our agenda tonight, the people who are really speaking truth to power and the people who are trying to rewrite history. The candidates ranked by their level of corniness. Democratic candidates, we should have been clear. And how to spot a fake beauty review. So the phrase butt dial being in the news recently has been a source of so much pleasure. Um, There was a BBC headline that was like, butt dial in air quotes. But then it also led me to see some new, like news photos that accompany this story in a funnier light because obviously they don't have photos of like Rudy Giuliani's butt coming down on a cell phone. And so the art is always like him with the phone to his face. And I'm just like, the whole world is calling Rudy Giuliani a butt face right now, and I love it. <laughs> I'm just like, I know, I take the most infantile pleasure in headlines paired with photos like this. I know. Also, like, one of these people that's been in your consciousness for so long, and you're like, ugh, you were evil when I was a kid, you're evil now. You're like, I hope you go to jail, fingers crossed. But truly, you know, it's just... It's just like names that I hate that we all know, and we know him, but the fraud is iconic, so I know. it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, too iconic. Like, that's kind, of, that's kind of the issue. I also realized, like, you know, reading up, this is not the first time he has butt-dialed this reporter. It's not even, like, the first butt-dial of consequence. It's not the first butt-dial where he's, like give us all the money. Like, it's really, it's really like, this is a repeat offense with this one reporter. And I'm just like, do you think that it's an intentional about dial? Like, he's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's crying for help? Yes. He's just, I just think that, you know, in, in the many ways that your body can touch the phone and call someone, it would be remarkable that you called the same person multiple times. I don't know. Anyway, okay. I mean, who, who is the person that you are most likely to butt dial? So I butt dialed someone this week, actually. Well, it was mostly, it was like an elbow dial, and mm-hmm. I didn't know, and I was doing work, and I just heard my phone just saying, like, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> who is this? And I freaked out in my tiny apartment, and uh, 
I had called the lady at my dentist, so <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. I'm like, sorry to this woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, I feel like it's always like my phone. It always does whoever is alphabetically first. And it's it's obviously ne- I mean you're right up there but you are not like alphabetically number one like I would I could definitely be okay with butt dialing you frequently like you could listen to like a three minute voicemail of what's happening at most points in my life and I would not die right like it would be okay I'm not your number one person you butt dial which oh, yes. is not hurting my feelings but I'm I'm processing well it is how I know <laughs> wow I, my, my butt is not making choices about this. <laughs> Okay. What else is happening? Go to jail, this man. Um, I was saying earlier that I I always hear his voice in Kathleen Hanna, Giuliani, like a really high pitched and like, (laughs) anyway, maybe it's just me. Go on. Well, you know, the thing about this, it's funny. It's like all of these like vintage, like bad people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Um, That, you know, the other thing that I, it's so fascinating about this news cycle, again, it's just that it's just these, yeah, it's like people that are always around, always doing like questionable things. And so it's also really interesting to watch history get rewritten as it's happening, which, you know, like time doesn't mean anything in this administration. And so I have been thinking a lot about this Nancy Pelosi photo that everyone was like, yes, girling about, Um, hold your woo. Um, because, th- like, this is one of these moments to me that is classic, po- like, political frustration where we're supposed to be really excited that she's standing, you know, she's, like, pointing her finger at the Ivanka's dad, the other men are all ashamed. I think I was on Twitter as this was unfolding, so I actually watched whoever runs the at Nancy Pelosi or, like, at speaker or whatever change her header photo to this because it's supposed to be this, like, yes moment. And I'm like, you know, I'm old enough that I remember that even a couple weeks ago, (laughs) you were maybe telling mm, women of color who are your colleagues that, you know, this is not how politics works. You're not supposed to do this. And uh, that is very frustrating to me because the hypocrisy jumped out. I think it's also like a rewriting of the fact that mm, mere weeks ago, Nancy Pelosi was, like, not... She, she wasn't, like, sure about whether impeachment was, like, a thing or not. This has been the span of, like, what, four weeks? Not even. And so it's just... It's interesting to me to watch all of this happen. And then I, I'm also remembering this, like, terrible CNN headline that happened a couple of weeks ago where I was, I was truly shocked where there was this big story on CNN about the five freshman congresswomen who are changing history by becoming the leaders on impeachment. And... I literally, I'm like, who are these people? I have never, I have never heard of these five women and I am dialed in. Obviously, like, I'm being a little tongue in cheek, but I think that when I think about, you know, the women who've been called the squad and all of the heat that they take for always being first and for, you know, like shaking the table, it's just interesting to see how that gets whitewashed in, in real time. And so these five women all, they also have a nickname. What's their group chat called? You're going to make me say it? Yes, I'm going to make you say it. Bad, bad asses? You know, like, squad is also not a great name, but, you know, like, well, like, I'm not responsible for that branding, so... We're not responsible for any of this I'm branding, I'm not responsible for any clear. of this branding, but I just think, it's like the way that the media does these stories is really... I keep saying the word interesting because that's my Midwest nice way of not wanting to say what I want to say, but um, it is shady. 
Yeah, well, I think that there's something going on too, which is that the people who were right all along that like high crimes were happening were dismissed in the early days. Many of them women of color were dismissed as sort of being like outrageous or premature. Um, it bears mentioning that like Maxine Waters took so much heat for this March 2017 tweet. Um, but but this crew, the heavily air quoted badasses are featured because essentially they came around late right like the the reward the the, the award they're getting is like congratulations you were like years late and it's one of those things where i'm like i guess i'm happy you're here now it's like also how i feel about that pelosi photo i'm like yeah i would rather have you yelling than not but it's hard for me to feel like super super excited about like the radical potential that this holds this is sort of like, like if you come around to something like after everyone else has already come around to it it's like okay cool like no risk in that no extension of yourself in that right i mean there's no there's no skin in the game it's really damaging for a lot of reasons because their their colleagues of color just take a lot of heat they get a lot of death threats people are often telling them that they're doing amateur hour nobody you know like it's like what are you doing and uh it turns out that those women are always too early according to uh according to the people who make the rules and then you know people who are like in the badass group chat they're always on time and so mm-hmm. that's a that's a scam i can't abide by it's interesting well and it's also <laughs> my favorite word i really i love i feel like you really are speaking my midwestern language like that is 100% if you don't like what someone's shirt looks like or like maybe fascism is a foot in the land like it's interesting it's really like it's an all purpose like is it good or is it bad it's interesting yeah <laughs> um, i'm i'm processing right so yeah there's also something about specifically that pelosi photo like it made me think a lot about like the politics of who gets memed as well like mm-hmm. and how um and i thought about this as well with like um that aoc questioning mark zuckerberg clip and then the resulting pornhub meme that circulated which like we did not screen whatever just do a google and you know essentially she was doing her job which is using her platform knowing that he wasn't really going to give a substantive answer to what she was asking she was using the questions as a form of elevating certain issues related to facebook and it was great and i loved seeing her do that and i you know i i hope that every member of congress who gets a chance to is bringing that same energy that high energy are they bringing the high energy i am not saying you didn't that. think she was bringing the high energy oh no like aoc always yeah. bringing the high energy i'm just saying the other people on the committee i'm like could be more energetic sure <laughs> i say this is i feel very uh low energy today i'm just like low energy jeb bush over here and i, I keep f- saying you're not jebbing you're doing great i'd be watching those hearings there's right. a lot of low energy happening right so i guess what i'm trying to say is I love it. I love her getting recognition for doing her job. It feels like sort of like that Pelosi photo where I'm like, "Yeah, you're doing your job. Great." Like it doesn't feel like a a big watershed moment. And I guess people who aren't normally watching C-SPAN are paying attention, which I'm like, "Great. Like let's more C-SPAN memes, please." <laughs> is, this, is this how we fix democracy? Like maybe. Is I don't know. Is this how we fix C-SPAN? Just memes. <laughs> Both and. Oh my god, a win-win, a win, fix for win. democracy and um, C-SPAN. C-SPAN call us. Let's move on to other interesting things. Spoiler, that's how uh, every segment ends tonight. Spoiler. <laughs> it's interesting. Another very interesting thing that is happening is that people are 
leaving their like bad White House jobs, and by leaving, I mean a lot of times they're getting pushed out. Um, I'm like, it's the only way you're leaving this ship. Someone is literally pushing like, you, you out. You can't even tell us with a straight face that you quit. Like that is just the. And they th- and but also like they think that we don't remember that they're like responsible for mm, caging children or just saying racist things every day. They think that we don't know what their jobs were. The reason that this like shakes me a little bit, this uh, Kirsten Nielsen thing, is because... Wait, back up. What's the thing? Um, well, you know, it's her uh, now speaking at like feminist empowerment conferences, I guess. Heavy this air quote the on the that feminist. We're doing it. Yes. This is someone who's like not ashamed to stand on a stage and really rewrite the history of, of, what, of what they did. It's really awful because I think that they understand something correctly. It's that if we don't hold people accountable and they have seen us not hold people accountable, you do get to just be in public and not face any consequences for the work that you did. So it's really frustrating to me that this, like, this is a path that one can take from having the kind of job that she had. Right. It's also interesting to me. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> wow. I do it. I do it subconsciously. Like I don't even. You're um, actually Midwestern. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're honorary. Thanks. Um, that this conference is called Most Powerful Women, and yet she's on stage. I want to read the the quote. It's I don't regret enforcing the law because I took an oath to do that. She claims she simply wanted to quote enforce the law, not separate families even though her signature is literally on memos being like, guess what, family separation is an active strategy that we are undertaking like, to deter people um, from migrating here. And so I, for me, it's really interesting, this dichotomy, like the fact that she is on the stage, like I am one of the most powerful women, and then at the same time being like, I could do nothing. It was my job. <laughs> I was following orders. Like, you know, and I, I really am like, you need to make people like this choose. Um, and I feel like this whenever I hear, um, I mean, this is a trick that like her ex-boss pulls all the time, right? Of saying like, listen, I'm the victim here. Or like, listen, I don't really have as much power as you think. And you are literally one of the most powerful people in the world. You are one of the most powerful people in a very powerful administration doing a lot of harm. And so I really like watching this pattern of people. And I think that this extends you know, outside of this administration too, failing to step into the power that they really have to do good or to do harm, it really, it really bothers me. Right, the, you, al- you always get to blame someone else and you see this with like almost every issue. It's always, it's never, it's never someone's fault that there's not um, diversity inclusion in the workplace. It's never someone's fault that there, uh, you know, the policies that we have are displacing people, literally. And... But it's like you said, it's a it's a really neat trick that powerful people get to get to do. You're like, I just signed the memos and stood in front of the press and defended it and attended a lot of meetings okaying it. But it's I don't, not it's I don't not hold me. the power to change this. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, fuck Fortune magazine. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Okay, well this is actually along the same lines in terms of recognizing the power that you have in a situation. We want to talk about Katie Hill, which this story is unfolding as we speak. Gina was like showing us on new developments moments before we came on stage. So we might not be 100% up to speed. Um, But we also want to have Gina join us on stage to talk about this. So yeah, so what is is the summary on Katie Hill? It is like, I I feel ever more confused, but... Hot mess. Hot mess. Well, Amina, you were saying earlier, because we're both huge fans of Reddit relationships, Mm -hmm. that this is a key, like, am I the asshole? (laughs) 
situation. And as you said, everyone sucks sucks here. here. Everyone sucks here. here. Uh, Am I the asshole? So a few things are happening at once. Katie Hill is in the midst of a messy divorce with her husband, whom she has publicly called abusive. She also admits to having had an affair with a female campaign staffer. She's our first openly bisexual member of Congress, which is why I'm here as official bi commentator. So she's, she's out as bi. No biggie. Hot. Um, love it. We love it. We love, love to it. see it. Love to see it. But meanwhile, she's like, she presumably have, unclear, there's like allegations of a thruple happening between this campaign staffer uh, also, that's just a. I mean, Hill the allegation part comes for, because it's a campaign staffer. Like, if it were, if she were just in a thruple, it would be like, that's you know, cool. nothing yeah. worth alleging. Right. Like, you know, whatever consenting adults want to get right. up to, right? It's cool. I just wanted to clarify. It's about the campaign staffer right. part. Totally, it might have been a sex scandal, right? So it's like important. Let's disentangle a bit. So it's important to keep in mind that these allegations first cropped up on Red State, a conservative, you know, Breitbart-esque type website. So yeah, Hill was apparently in this thruple. The person involved was a woman who she, who she was her boss, mm-hmm. and um, apparently they leaked a nude photo of Katie Hill like hitting a bong, and she's like standing up naked. Classic and the staffer revenge is there, and some kind of complicated situation is unfolding, which again, consenting adults, and it seems that the images were released by the husband in an act of revenge porn. Mm-hmm. The ex. And the new, the new new is that she is also alleged to have a have had an affair with a male campaign, not campaign staffer, a congressional staffer. So after she broke up with the campaign staffer, she got together with this guy. Millennials in office love to see it. <laughs> love to see it. The piece to interrogate here is sort of like the money and power questions. Right, and also, like, can people hold multiple ideas, right? Um, revenge porn is bad. No matter what the circumstance of how it unfolds, it is awful, and it's awful that she's going through that, and it, um, the person who leaked those photos should be prosecuted. Like, that is despicable, no matter what the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be clear, it's a crime, like, right. in both California and D.C. Like, 100%. Is, you know. Awful shit. And at the same time, it's possible, because I think that the reason that I think about the story a lot is because people don't quite know how to talk about it, and the media also doesn't know how to talk about it. There's just a, if you talk about it, is, is, is it bad for women? Is it bad for sex? And, like, are you a conservative, like, bad person also talking about it? Or is it possible to say, like, that thing that happened to her is bad, but also talking about the complicated dynamic of uh, office relationships, especially in this context, where one of those relationships is illegal in the context that it happened. And, you know, and also thinking about, like, how you deploy your own power. Katie Hill is someone who has more power than a lot of the people that she's alleged to have been with. And I think that that is an important thing to talk about, especially in this moment that we're in right now, historically, of these complicated dynamics, like power really affects the way that we feel about ourselves. It affects the way that we feel about the way that like sexual violence is deployed across society, essentially. And so I think that you can hold more than one idea at the same time. And, uh, you know, like we should talk about it. Right. This idea that even if a relationship is consensual and even if maybe even like when it's going well, both parties would say this is an equal relationship. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't, I mean, I'm totally like 
none of this is in news that has come out. But if like someone's like, oh, it doesn't matter that this person is my boss. Like that, I, I'm I, I'm choosing to be here in this relationship. At the end of the day, that power dynamic will always show itself. And you're on the record as being like office relationships are also very difficult for people who work around them. They're bad. When I'm yeah. king, office romance is dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, because part of why it, like, I think that whenever people think about sexual harassment, they always think of it as this two-way street that only involves the people that are in the relationship. But actually, it affects everyone at work. Because if you are in a relationship with your boss, for example, why would your coworkers not feel some type of way about the now the working relationship that they have with you because you have more proximity to power than them. That's something mm -hmm. that I think is worth talking about. And I know like a lot of workplaces are like this. Like you don't have to be the person in the relationship to actually allege sexual harassment. And mm -hmm. I really agree with that because it affects it affects everyone. And so like if you meet your spouse at work, I guess good for you. Um, <laughs> can't relate. But also but also, like, you are making other people uncomfortable. And, like, sure, like, your love is great and it's pure and it's good for you. But, um, you know, we live in a complicated kind of society. And I think that part of having a good sexual ethic is also thinking about how it affects everyone else around you. And so, um, you know, again, when I'm king, no more office roles. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then when we all play by that rule, then, like, a lot of the excuse making that happens around... Um, you know, like maybe more overt forms of harassment goes away too. You know, like how many stories did we hear where the, a person accused of harassment was like, oh, but it was totally consensual. And it's like, okay, like the more and more that becomes not the norm, the less of a ready excuse that is for people who are, who are faced with their own alleged bad behavior. Right. It's like a lot of people are just like, oh yeah, like me too. It worked out for me. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> like you are, it really discounts the, what it's actually like, how it erodes other workplace relationships. And I also think that the other thing that is also at play here is, you know, like I obviously made the crack about her being a millennial, but I do think that there's a lot of bisexual panic here also mm -hmm. at play where people are just, it's, it's a little more titillating to them. Yeah. It's, a, it's easier to shame her and to do all these things. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, that's something I can't abide by. But you, you know, you see it. It's like even the, so many of the headlines like focus on thruple. It's like, that's the <laughs> thrust of the story. Yeah. This is a very boring kind of sex scandal, if you think about it. It's just 2019, it's a pretty boring, uh, it's a pre like there's nothing remarkable about the kind of sexual relationships that the people in those relationships are having. But again, for me, the key is about like, who has power? How is your power deployed? And, you know, and Katie Hill is someone who both has a lot of power because of the, um, because of the job that she has, but is also someone who, um, doesn't have a lot of power because of the uh, because of the person that she's in society. I'm just really tired of a generation of politicians who claim like a very particular kind of family value. There's like one way that you get to run for office. It's like, good, you didn't have any Facebook photos of you doing a keg stand. Good for you, motherfucker. Uh, nobody cares. And so like my hope with seeing younger people get into politics is that a lot of this hypocrisy is something that we can actually push back against. Mm. I wanted to tack on a little bit about the biphobia in the story too, because it so readily plays into this idea that like bisexual people are are by virtue of being gender omnivorous are just like rampant sexual creatures who can't control their desires and like 
that is not true for everyone, just like everyone has different types of sexual appetites. And so it's sort of a complicated, like not wanting to shame her about these identities. And at the same time, as you said, just because she's a woman, just because she's a queer person, those are two areas where you can feel marginalized, but you still do hold power over people. And there are consequences to having an affair with someone in your office and then the, this alleged second affair that he's one of four of her congressional staffers who got a bonus. So even if that was completely legitimate, again, you undermine both perhaps his real contribution to the office and all these other people around who are, you know, seeking to do the best work that they can. Office romance, don't do it. <laughs> Bisexuality, do it consensually, not at work. <laughs> Thank you, Gina. <laughs> Okay, wait, I'm about to make you more relaxed because we're going to talk about Drake's birthday. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me while I put my drink down and straighten my... Okay, I'm ready to talk about this. Oh, the saddest Instagram caption, all the feelings, like... <sighs> this man, so... Wait, can I read the Instagram caption first? Please read first? the caption because I thought I had, like, dreamt it. I was like, this has to be a fever dream. There are, like, you know, ten photos in this set, and the caption reads... I've spent many nights over the last four or five years feeling like people did not like me or resented me for things beyond my control. I would sometimes settle into this mindset for months at a time. Today I woke up and looked at my phone and realized how much positive energy and how many unbreakable bonds I have in my life from incredible people. All the messages and posts just reminded me that I am covered in a blanket of love and support. <laughs> I, know. I know. And I should never second guess that. Thank you for a truly uplifting day. Love you all forever. And then he did the thing that drives me nuts, where he, every single person that he follows that posted an Instagram birthday of him in stories, he, like, re-shared the story. And I'm like, you are Drake. I, I know, I like, know. Like, like, I thought you were feeling I good know, now. It's I know. okay. You are, you know. And, they're, like, you know, there were some, it, the, like, the regular crew was there, everyone on, like, Team OVO. <laughs> The, like, the trainer, the, like, the everyone. Um, and then there were also, like, special guests, like, special to us. Like, Adele was there. Mm. Look at how good Adele looks. Don't you, like... <laughs> freshly divorced. Her lemonade is dropping in December. It's going to be so yeah. good. The other, other side. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be so good. But you know, like, also celebrities, you're always like, how do these two know? You know, like, they could have literally met that morning or they've, like text or they're legit friends. It's like, who knows? But Drake was very excited that Adele was there. 
He posted her in his feed. She only posted a photo of herself in his in her feed. <laughs> Which is how you've got to do it, right? I, I, I mean, think like, so. <laughs> I'm like, my carousel is for myself. Um, the friends go in the stories. I support this. The, the thing about the sentiment that makes me... Obviously, like, I, it made me feel very tender because, um, you know, mental health struggles are real and who does not... Who does not suffer of a little bit of like bad self-esteem and you have to like hype yourself up? But at the same time, also, like who doesn't love a flood of birthday messages? Right. right. Who I doesn't mean, love a blanket of love and support? You know, you know me. I always run away from my birthday, so this is the other thing that's happening here. Right. I am the person smothering you with the blanket of love and support, oh like God. chasing you down on your birthday. If Anne Friedman is your friend and you don't like your birthday, you have to turn your phone off. Too bad. And, like, go in a bunker <laughs> and she will find you. Um, but, you know, but at the same time, like, you are a best-selling rapper. Like, you know, like, relax. <laughs> and, like, Drake is still the master of corny. He's always dressed like it's 1942, and he's, like, about to eat pasta in a, like, Italian restaurant. He's, half of his captions are about spaghetti. Like, I am not making that up. Bowls so, of big ziti. I mean, also, just, like, that's, like, this, you know, like, weird Rat Pack fascination, too. It's, like... Maybe there's a Vegas vacation at some point. Like, who are these people? Definitely, there's yeah. a Vegas vacation involved yeah. here. And so, you know, it's like on one hand, you're like, oh, I'm really happy that you're loved. And on the other hand, you remember, you're like, oh my God, you're the corniest person that is like writing raps. So it's, uh, can we hold two ideas at the same time? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we can. Um, this is also a very good transition because we have been thinking a lot about corniness. When we were on tour in Canada, we, it was the same time as um, Blackface Gate hit them over there. And uh, Justin Trudeau got reelected with the help of Barack Obama, if you haven't heard. But uh, he, this is like a man who couldn't remember how many times he had worn blackface. And everyone was really disappointed or whatever, but we had an amazing guest there, uh, Sarah Hagi, who is a writer and an amazing cultural commentator who was very much like, she's like, well, you know, you guys in America think he looks like a Disney prince. Over here, we know that he's just a corny guy from Quebec. And, <laughs> and that hit me really hard because... We it, had to just pause, actually. We were like, you are really reformulating like, right. our perspective. You're right. Like, maybe he's handsome for a politician, but, like, my man is, like, corny. Like, real. You know, and then it really just excavated the real truth of that people who run for president are all corny. Like, wanting to be president is the corniest shit you can do well, with your life. Well, trying to, trying to like, like really earn, earn the blanket of love and support from millions of people is, like, like you... Humiliating. Yes, there's no way you can do it without being, like, trite or banal or, like, sentimental. And so we, we did a little diving for some of the greatest corny hits of people who are currently running for the Democratic nomination. And this they, is in what order? Like, in ascending order of corniness. So we're going to start, like, not at zero, because you don't get into this game, like, without having some kind of corny behavior. Um, but, yeah, going up, going up to, like, some extremely high levels of corniness. Okay. All right, so our first corny candidate. Brother Bernie. That man is so angry all the time about <laughs> everything. That who is going to make him wear, like, a hat or, like, do, a, like, a fun thing? Like, never. He's always, he's like, I'm not wearing this hat. I want Medicare for all. I am not petting this child. I want Medicare. Like, have you seen Bernie Sanders hold a baby? Never. And so, 
I just, I really appreciate like that aspect of his personality because it means that like he will have low levels of humiliation because he's the one that's doing all of the yelling. Right, this is the, uh, the our relationships, right? Like yeah. if it's, yeah, okay. It's like be the alpha, definitely. Yeah. Right, and it's also worth saying that like we're not really placing a value, like a positive or negative value on corniness so much as noting where it appears more often. So, um, okay. Our pal Elizabeth Warren. Our pal Elizabeth Warren. Also, you know, like low on the low on the corny, but definitely like you know, they're just like they're things that you have to do when you're running for office. And so, oh my god, her, when this ad popped up, yeah, this whole like grab a beer or whatever with uh, Elizabeth Warren. I'm like, you're like you are too smart for this. You are too like please consumer protect us. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and so you know, but I get it. I get it. Like. You, like, you got to meet people. You got to meet people. I also so. just want to know, I think I really just want to know what she wants to be drinking, right? Like, I, this ad, I'm just like, just tell me what you like. Just tell me what you're ordering. Like, I can order for myself. It's yeah. fine. We don't They're have like, to both order the same thing. I don't but know. But also the ad has to appeal to everyone. They're like a beer, but if you don't drink beer or coffee or like a Aperol or like a... They're just, I'm like, there's not enough space for this. Why isn't the thing just like, come meet the candidate? Like, who yeah. the fuck cares about the beer? Get a drink with. Drink is a really good word that you could have used here. I know. <laughs> yeah. Grab Listen, a beverage. They don't let us write the copy. I know. But you know. Okay, um, corny. There's call a corny us, call ass us. ad. Call okay. us. Okay. I mean. <laughs> this is one of our more controversial ones. We were discussing this at length, and we decided that the corniest thing about Julian Castro is that he has a twin. He has a twin. <laughs> He has a twin. Having a twin is mad corny. Uh, it's literally two of you. Okay. Kamala Harris, I would say also in the, in the Bernie category of someone who is generally serious. So it is tough to, you know, it's like, are you going to be the staffer that goes up to her and is like, here's a corn dog? You'll probably die. No, she's like, um, I already did my research and I'm like, making pork chops. She's like, I'm eating yeah. a pork chop because I'm not a fool. Um, but you know, sometimes... Sometimes things happen in the office, and so here she is. Do we have sound for this? Yep, I'm gonna play it. I mean, dancing to Cardi, like a mom, you know, like the whole thing. I'm like, points for Cardi, chair dance, mm, I don't know about that. So, um, but you know, but like generally I'm super into it because like her sneaker game is strong, just, you know, like it's, it's hard. It's hard to catch her in a corny vibe, but it's there. It's there. Let's, you know, let's turn the heat up. <laughs> nickname, the nickname Uncle Joe, corny. Then there are the sunglasses, like this thing, which, Anne, like, you pointed out something that I'm still thinking about, because I always, the, like, the thing with the, the, the Ray-Bans or the whatever he's doing, the, like, heritage sunglasses, he says, like, okay, you're, like, an older person who, this is your, like, this is your denim jacket. Like, this is how <laughs> you are... You know, like, I don't know. I just feel that he's usually, like, decently dressed, and then the glasses pull the whole outfit together, but then you kind of blew my mind this afternoon. Well, my, my counterpoint was sort of, like, one generation's, like, amazing look is, like, every other generation's corny, like, <laughs> sad, like, maybe, like, you should have retired it a while ago. Like, fully, we will be wearing our denim jackets when kids are like, oh, my God, it's kind of cute she has a signature, but, like... Yeah. I know. Um, I know. So, so, yeah. So, I think deeply corny, um, but gets a pass because he's old. I know. Also, always reminding someone that you have a black friend, very corny. Um, In bracelet form, like... Just, you know, it's like a sorry to this man. Um, <laughs> okay, turn the heat up. Okay. 
I know. Can you believe there? Can you believe there's more people after this? Because this is a lot. This, we're still in the middle ground, okay? Like, so today something remarkable happened. I actually like did a deep dive on who Andrew Yang is because people we keep saying we read his Wikipedia page. We read his Wikipedia. <laughs> Which is very informative. But people keep saying that he was a tech exec. And I was like, you know what? Like, what company? The Andrew Yang resume is so thin. (laughs) (laughs) He literally maybe ran like a GMAT prep farm. But I'm just like, does anybody know who this man? Like, does he go here? (laughs) I, I have so many questions. But, you know, then there's, like, other stuff. There's a lot of, like, tech bro stuff that I really, like, drives me nuts. So he's always, like, chilling for the bird scooters. I'm like, is this SpawnCon? It is not hashtag. It's never... But I'm just like, are you, like... You, like, unironically, like, bird scooters? Okay. Um, very tech bro again. Very corny. <sighs> very corny. Okay. 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 Turn the heat up. Who else? <laughs> This photo is a photo that I think about all of the time because when Better Work was in Congress, which I'm like, nobody remembers that you were in Congress at all. Yeah. Um, like, he did go here once, his, like, you know? <laughs> he, he, was, he was part of the new class of, like, it was him, it was Tulsi, it was Aaron Schock, the criminal Aaron Schock. And they were part of this, like, sweating caucus where they would always just, like, work out. They were, like, doing, like, high-intensity interval shit and hiking all the time. And they were very much like, oh, and it was, uh, and Paul Ryan was like the fourth that like rounded out that group. But they were always like, we are so evolved. We're all hanging out. You guys are the ones doing like civility politics or whatever. And so I think about this photo all the time because everyone in this photo is in deep turmoil. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, thank you, Instagram, for the memories. I'm so happy we were able to find that. Technically, Aaron Schock's Facebook page is where this came from. (laughs) Aaron Chalk, back on the town. Mm. Uh, Um, Loves to see it. Okay. Um, And now the, like, biggest corndog monster of this uh, entire slideshow. The pinnacle. The pinnacle. Um, (laughs) Y'all, where do you even start with the problem like Cory Booker? Okay. Let's start with the fashion moments. Do you want a man in boot-cut jeans and toms and no socks as your president? Because I cannot go there. Then there's your favorite. It is the same coffee tweet approximately 45 times after he was mocked for recycling this one bad corny joke over and over. He then upped the corny ante and is now selling it on a mug. I, like, I can't believe you, like, someone bought this and then had to, like, report it to the FEC. Like, this is <laughs> wild. Like, this is why you have my information. I bought this corny mug. Um, please look into it. The other thing with him is this, like, the, these acronyms that he loves. So he is suggesting that he wants to create an alias, uh, BBB, Big, Bald, and Bold. Um, this is because he so admires Mitt Romney's Pierre Delecto that he wants to be BBB? I have to say, I admire Pierre Delecto a little bit oh. because the name is legendary, but also having no shame about just like tweeting about yourself in an anonymous account is such an NBA player move. I was like, touche. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like BBB, I'm like, Cory Booker, that's big baller brand. Like, I can't go there with you. So, I mean, obviously we joke about all of this. And 
one of these people, I hope, will be president. <laughs> so that's how I, I always have to remind myself of that. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of these people, but my God, please save us. <laughs> Which one of them, like, who will win? There's so many more people running for presidents. There's all the ones that look like basketball coaches, like the, like, like the tall white guys. I never know who they are. So, yeah. you know, there's the crystal lady. There's so many people. Yeah, so. we, we made some strategic choices about who to just really, like, throw to the winds, corny. You made a choice. I fully don't know those people. <laughs> Every time I watch a debate, I'm like, who is this person? My favorite political story of the week, actually, mm. is uh, the Sunday Riley review controversy. You guys, I, like, a lot has happened in this presidency, but nothing has shaken me more than this. Wait, for people who are not fans of these products. So, Sunday Riley is a real person who, like... Wait, what? Yes. Her name is Sunday Riley. <laughs> Sunday Riley is a person? It no. definitely sounds like, you know, when you take two names that sound like last names and make, like, yeah, a hipster no, grocery no, store. No, no. Like, that's this, what it sounds like. This is why this is, this is core-shaking. Okay. Um, Sunday Riley, real human being, you know, like, has always said that she was uh, maybe a chemist. And very much, like, all of the product line is based on science. Was... Uh, accused, rightfully, by the FTC this week of faking product reviews on uh, beauty platforms such as uh, Sephora. Here's the reason this story is wild. Sunday Riley makes like three cult products, a vitamin C serum, a night face oil, and this like lactic acid called Good Jeans. Which I purchased at your urging. Tell me how it worked for you. I love it. I, I, know, I know it sounds like we're endorsing products, but I really, it is so expensive, and I can't decide if I love it because I've spent so much money on it, and it feels like... We're going to get into that. Okay. But here's the thing. Y'all, this shit works. Why does a product that works need to make fake reviews? That is going to fuck with me for the rest of time. But the way that I know about this is actually not from this New York Times uh, article. Some of us get the FTC press releases. Um... <laughs> Because uh, consumer protection is very important. And obviously, most of the times, I just, like, I'm like, delete. Like, I don't know this company name. <laughs> I saw Sunday Riley, and I'm like, excuse me. I am you sat up sleeves in bed. up. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're coming for my products? Sometimes it's personal. And the press, re- the press release was, like, literally, like, watching, like, a, it was, like, an SVU episode. Like, it was so riveting. It was, like, here is the evidence. Here is, like, here's the entire crime. We're going to lay it out for you. Here's the proof. Like, the case was bulletproof. And then you keep reading the thing, and you're like, okay, Sunday Riley is, like, clearly a liar. Like, maybe not a chemist. Like, definitely not a chemist. And also, that, like, posting these fake reviews is a thing that they're, like, got caught doing, like, dead to rights. And uh, you keep reading the FTC press release, and nowhere in the press release is it, like, okay... You're Amina, you're about to get good jeans for free. We're about to find these motherfuckers. No settlement? There's no we settlement? Like, I, like, because the whole time I was reading, I was like, oh, the price is about to go down. <laughs> like, this, this is crazy. This is so crazy. And you get to the end of the press release, and they're just like, they're like, okay, like, this is what happened. And you're like, well, um, where is the fine? What, like, is Sunday Riley going to apologize to me? Is, uh, like... What is Sephora doing? And, like, on its face, this is actually... Like, it sounds very funny, but it really, like, the reason that I'm really upset about it is because a lot of us use product reviews online for things that are really important. Like, everything from, like, things that you put on your body to, like, 
choosing your doctor to things that you buy for your children, like who you're going to get to like sell you a home. I know that public trust is not real in, in, this, uh, in this town anymore, but I thought that in the skincare realm, at least, <laughs> blanket of love we and support, still trust each other. <laughs> and it turns out that that's not true. And watching people who make these regulations like not make a bigger deal of it was something that really pissed me off because I was like, well, you know, it's skincare, so everybody's laughing. It's like a thing that they think only women care about. It's not a big deal. It's like, actually, this is a huge deal. Um, now, all I'm like, all this is making me think is that every single product review on Sephora is actually garbage, and uh, that's definitely true on Amazon. Uh, I'm the queen of like knowing if an Amazon review is a Chinese robot because they almost all are. And the way that I always like look into the, I only read the bad reviews. I'm like, what are the people who hate this thing? Like, what are they saying about it? But now it's like the reviews are buried. You can't trust anyone. And when you see a company like this that actually doesn't need to write false reviews do it, all it does is like erode public trust for everything else. And when the agency that is supposed to be doing something about holding them accountable is not doing, you know, it's like, does the FTC have a lot of power? Absolutely. There are things they can do and there are things that they can signal. And watching them like really leave um, consumers hanging is something also that's terrifying to me. I'm like, this is about lactic acid. Like what happens when it's a thing that's even more important than that. And, uh, you know, but I just like, I'm still very shook about it. But everybody should use lactic acid on their face. It's good for you. <laughs> My dermatologist, Aminatu So, everybody. <laughs> Listen, I went to Grey's Anatomy School. They teach you all this stuff. Ugh. You should follow the FTC on Twitter. You should get the press releases. When you're mad about how some of these cases happen, you should send them a friendly email. The people respond, and the people who work there are actually delightful. It's not their fault that the world is how it is. I'm just saying. Thank you. Thank you. Consumer protection moment. And also, we are totally out of time for the show. We gotta go. Like, uh, we want to say thank you to the staff at the Lincoln Theater, the Benson Ball for inviting us, and the team at Brightest Young Things, and to all of you for being here. Um, we'll see you on the internet. See you on the internet. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You can find us many places on the internet, callyourgirlfriend.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all your favorite platforms. Subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill. You can call us back. You can leave a voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. You can email us callyrgf at gmail.com our theme song is by robin original music composed by carolyn penny packer riggs our logos are by kenesha sneed we're on instagram and twitter at callyrgf where sophie carter khan does all of our social our associate producer is jordan bailey and this podcast is produced by gina del